0: Hello there, it's Peter Mansbridge with the latest edition of The Bridge. This on the Wednesday of week three of the election campaign, you hear a lot of noise in the background? That's because, once again, I'm on an airplane. So I apologize for the noise, I'll try to keep things short tonight, uh, keeping that in mind. Last night I was on the flight going from Toronto to Vancouver, tonight I'm on the flight going from Vancouver back to Toronto. Uh, It's an Air Canada flight flight 121 I believe we're traveling at 41,000 feet we just passed over the Rockies and we're now into the foothills in Alberta spectacular view, never get tired of looking down at the Rockies or for that matter anywhere in the country 41,000 feet, you know this of course right, that when you fly from west to east you are at an odd number level in terms of height. And when you fly from east to west, you're at an even number. So last night, as it turned out, I was flying 40,000 feet. Tonight, I'm flying at 41,000 feet. And you can imagine why they do that, right? It's called separation. And because we're going west to east, we're traveling much faster than we did last night because, as is normal, We've got the winds in our favor, so we're traveling at over 1,000 kilometers an hour, or 650 miles an hour. And it's minus 76 outside this window. So I'll keep the window closed. All right, enough about airplane talk. I love airplanes. I love air travel. I've never not liked it. All right. I was in Vancouver giving a speech to the Union of BC Municipalities, great group, about a thousand people, various mayors and councillors from across British Columbia, uh, dealing with the kind of issues that uh, people in those roles have. Um, I have a lot of admiration for anybody who gets into um, politics and puts themselves forward for public service in that area whether it's at the local level provincial or federal uh, that they're willing to put themselves in front of their neighbors and friends and constituents say what they believe run the risk of losing and run the challenge of winning so i have a lot of time for uh, public servants and i know uh, that they sometimes wonder about us in the media because we're chasing them down all the time but that's part of accountability as well Uh, nevertheless, great audience, uh, fun talking to them about a variety of different uh, things. They wanted to know what I was noticing in the election campaign, but most of all they wanted to know about my 50 years in journalism and how the media operates, some of the interviews that I've done, all those kind of things. So it was uh, was a good time uh, had by all. Uh, I also noticed by glancing around the room and they're telling me, this is an organization that's over 100 years old and obviously over that time they've become much more diverse, more women in roles, still predominantly men, but more women, um, more younger people, uh, more Indigenous people, I've met a number of Indigenous leaders, uh, one of whom's a mayor now in, in one of the BC communities. Uh, and, uh, and that's great to see. The young people, it's their time, you know. They're, a couple of them uh, talked to me about that promise earlier this week by Jagmeet Singh to lower the voting age to 16. They say they've got things to say, they've got things to add. That uh, Greta Thunberg isn't the only young person in the world who uh, wants to um, challenge others to listen to the concerns of young people. Uh, and they're also talking, um, speaking to Greta Thunberg, as the um, climate action demonstrations will hit this part of the world uh, coming this weekend and they wanted to make a point of saying they will be out in force and in big numbers uh, in uh, Vancouver on the weekend, so we'll uh, we'll wait and watch uh, how that works out. Uh, On the campaign trail uh, today, I I wish I could tell you more, but as you can tell, I've either been in the air or in a room speaking myself. Uh, to people, and so I haven't been, you know, I've taken a quick glance at things um, uh, on the campaign, and there's nothing that I can kind of add to what you probably already know. But what I do know is that I've got some great questions came in last night, and I'm going to handle three of them in a moment because they deal with issues uh, that I know many of you are interested in, because I've received other mail over time uh, on this same front. So uh, let me um, take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll do the mailbag. Okay, mailbag time. And uh, lots of really good letters once again have come in. And let me thank you, take this opportunity, to thank you for all the mail you send. Most of them are questions, but every once in a while, just tell me that you're enjoying the podcast and you share with me how you listen to it. Some of you listen to it as you're, you know, walking to the bus stop in the morning. Some of you listen to it while you're riding your bike. Others listen while you're, you know, in the weight room or wherever you may be. So it, it's great to hear all of that. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, letters today. There's some good ones here. Um, you know, the were number of the parties promised Pharmacare this week. Uh, Benison Smith from Yellowknife writes, This is not the first time a national Pharmacare plan has been discussed during a Canadian federal election. How, if at all, have partisan discussions around Pharmacare evolved over the years you've spent covering election cycles? Uh, well, they've been a constant, I'll tell you that much, Benison. Um, in fact, Pharmacare has been... One of those things that Canadians have been promised by various administrations for a long time. It goes back, I think, to at least the 1940s when they started promising that they would look at the issue of pharmacare. I mean, we have a great healthcare program, but pharmacare is, you know, most people would consider it part of healthcare. Well, the provinces kind of gave up by the 60s and started instituting their own versions of pharmacare and that's where you have that kind of path, patchwork of drug plans across the country where some some provinces cover drugs others don't some cover certain drugs which others don't um, and that's a real you know that's a real problem when you're trying to come up with a national program uh, so on the table again this time around and believe me this is the first time and if you get you know if you kind of Puzzled and frustrated by all this, you have a right to be, because you know, PharmaCare promises have been a constant in Canadian life. Let's see whether this time something happens with the promise. Somebody else wrote, and I'm I, really sorry, I can't seem to track down the email. Somebody else wrote and said, You know, it's great to hear these promises, and they used PharmaCare as an example, and they said, NDP promised it, or Green Party promised it, and their pricing on it came out today at 27 billion dollars. So that figure was tossed out, 27 billion dollars. But what this writer wanted was some context. What does that actually mean um, in terms of the overall budget? That's a really good point. All these promises should be given in a percentage of what the overall budget is. I mean. This year, the overall projected budget, I believe, is 350 billion dollars. So you take that 227 billion dollar Farm Care program. What would that represent? Uh, well, it, it's a good chunk, good chunk of the uh, uh, the overall uh, budget. You know, it's a lot less than 10 percent, but still, it's a big chunk of that money. So anyway, uh, a good question. All right, um, let's move on here to uh, grab another question. Um, (laughs) Ever get that message pop up when you're trying to get your, your emails and it says, this message is not being downloaded from the server. This is like right after you just read it a couple of minutes ago. Uh, so let me try a different way of finding this same message. Um, okay, here's one from Wade Tebow. First off, thank you for doing this podcast. Faithful listener listening to your podcast from last night. You're talking about the promise talked about lowering the voting age to 16. Many years ago during a year-end special of Ad Issue, I remember that. Where viewers could ask questions, I submitted this exact question to the panel. It was not well received. I remember Andrew Coyne stating it was a ghastly idea. Andrew would never say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he did. Um, anyway, the question that uh, is being asked here eventually, he points out Andrew said that, and I was more... Uh, supportive of young people, which is kind of you to say, and listen, so is Andrew, he's supportive, he just thought 16 was a stretch. I'd, I'd be fascinated to see what he thinks now, because times change. Anyway, then he goes on, you know, kind of long, this is uh, Wade Tebow from Kentville, Nova Scotia, goes on with a very, fairly lengthy rant, he calls it himself, about how memes are used on social media and how some people are sharing what are clearly cropped pictures and You know, in effect, fake stuff. And what should can be done about it? And I said, well, you know what? What can be done about it is you ignore it when it's clear to you that it's fake or that it's been doctored. Uh, You can challenge these people, but I don't think it's worth it. Most of these uh, people are involved in stuff like that. They're just trying to bait you into a into an argument. I just ignore it. But here's The other point you raise, uh, Wade, how do we engage more youth like Greta Thunberg to take action? Well, you engage them by pointing to Greta and saying, look, she's an example of what you can accomplish, how you can make a difference. And so uh, I would use that. I would tell you, you can make a difference too, maybe not on a global stage like Greta, but certainly on a local level. Okay, last letter for today comes from, Kevin Smith Worthy Lake Kevin's letter is basically this are all younger you know is it more uh, general that younger voters vote liberal and older voters vote conservative and why is that well in a very general way that's the case but um, you know there are lots of younger people who vote conservative and lots of older people who vote liberal but the thinking has always been the older you get, the more liberal you were as a youth, the older you get, you become more traditional in your your ways. What you believed as a young person, you tend to keep believing. Well times change and so you're regarded as a conservative for not changing your ways. You're conserving the old. Now that's a very basic, basic understanding. Your question, but we'll try that. Anyway, I'm getting the hook here uh, from our good friends at Air Canada, uh, and I want to thank you uh, for listening. The Mansbridge Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can find us. Don't be shy. Write the Mansbridge Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Peter Mansbridge. Thanks for listening tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow.